Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So Leah, this has been a pretty bad week on the whole for Silicon Valley. A source tells us that the White House plans to tap Lena Khan as chairwoman of the Federal Trade Commission, someone who is noted as a vocal critic of big tech companies. Members of the House Antitrust Subcommittee are holding a news conference to talk about a series of new bills aimed at limiting the power of big tech companies. The only way to stop this power is through antitrust reform. These bills address that power, and we will break up big tech. Does this at all feel like the beginning of the end of big tech's glory days? Wow, that's very, like, deep and and scary sounding. Uh, (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, I I would say that maybe the beginning of the end was Cambridge Analytica. Developing right now, there is a very good chance your Facebook account or one of your friends' accounts was hacked. In fact, more than 50 million people all around the world are learning their accounts have also been compromised. But this is definitely like a... Everyone realizes now that it's it's definitely different. Yeah. Okay. So the glory days have passed them by, and now tech giants are all just sitting in a bar together, listening to Springsteen reminiscing about the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch, and today I'm Leah Nyland, Politico's antitrust reporter. Leah Nyland on the new FTC chair, new antitrust legislation and the potential end of Big Tech's glory days. We'll now turn to uh, more formal introductions of the next nominee, Lena Khan, and I will turn to Senator Klobuchar to make her remarks. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, And today I have the honor of introducing Professor Lena Khan as President Biden's nominee to be a commissioner at the Federal Trade Commission. So Lena Khan is a sort of antitrust wonderkind. Lena Khan is in short an out-of-the-box thinker, a pioneer in competition policy, who is already a noted expert in her field. She started out as a journalist covering um, monopolies and anti-monopoly issues. She wrote a bunch of articles for various magazines, mostly places like the American Prospect, Washington Monthly, focused on some of the problems that have come up because of increased concentration, not just in the tech sector, but also in places like agriculture. Mm -hmm. And that really encouraged her to go to law school because she thought, you know, this is not what we want. So she went to Yale. um, And while she was there, she wrote this breakthrough paper called Amazon's Antitrust Paradox, Um, that really explored how Amazon's business practices might be violating the antitrust law. Uh And today, that might seem pretty obvious to people, but this was a couple years ago, and it was like a lightning strike. So I'd like to introduce this incredible panel. Uh, Lena Khan is um, a second-year law student at Yale, and she's written a lot about these issues, about consolidation, about Amazon, and is just one of the great semi-journalist, researcher, intellectuals um, working on this topic right now. People were really unsure about her ideas. They were very controversial. You know, she was really dismissed as like this kid who didn't know anything and was trying to like impose her view on antitrust. So she's like talking about breaking up big tech 
before talking about breaking up big tech was cool. Yeah. Um, and like the antitrust like establishment was very, very uh, anti her ideas. Mm-hmm. From there, she ended up going to Rohit Chopra's office. Mm-hmm. He is another commissioner at the FTC, a former uh, CFPB person, has actually now been nominated to be the head of the CFPB. Mm-hmm. And while she was there, um, they actually wrote, uh, again, papers, like academic papers, um, about how the FTC has not really used a lot of the authority that it has um, and really rethinking how the FTC could um, do its job. Then uh, she got hired by the House Judiciary Committee for its um, really big in-depth investigation into the tech giants. Also headed to Capitol Hill in a matter of hours, the titans of tech for the first time, Amazon's Jeff Bezos will testify, along with the leaders of Apple, Facebook, and Google, beginning at 9 a.m. Um, and then uh, after she left the house, she got hired by Columbia Law School to be a professor. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in March, she got nominated to be a commissioner at the FTC. And, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, that's okay because Rohit Chopra is going to be going to the CFPB. He's sort of considered like the really liberal one who, um, you know, often dissents and talks about what he thinks that the FTC should be doing more than it is now. But, you know, for the past several years, the Republicans were in control, so he couldn't do more than sort of just rail against them from the sidelines. And she was sort of seen as like taking that position, you know, the the person who was going to be pushing the FTC to do more, but um, wouldn't really have that much power to to change anything. And then uh, the Senate voted uh, for her. They confirmed her last week. And within two hours, the White House uh, let leak that they were actually going to appoint her chair. Um, And that was... (laughs) A hugely sneaky move because normally the White House, when they have picked the chair and they're, it's somebody they're nominating, they just announce straight up, hey, this person's going to be the chair. But by doing this, they had all of these people vote for her and then announce that she was going to be chair. Like there were probably some people who voted for her who might not have if she was the chair because the chair has so much more power than just a regular commissioner. So you have Khan as sort of this sneak attack choice to be the head of the Federal Trade Commission, the agency that enforces antitrust law. People initially expected she'd sort of sit on the sidelines as a vocal critic of big tech, but not really calling the shots. And now she will be calling the shots, right? Yeah. Tell me what exactly the chair of the FTC does. They're the person who gets to decide the real direction of the agency, what cases they're going to pursue, what kinds of rulemakings they might put in place. Uh, One of my favorite antitrust commentators, Bill Kovacic, who's a former chairman of the FTC, said the difference between being a commissioner and the chair is sort of like the the difference between going to the moon and going to Mars. (laughs) Like (laughs) one of them (laughs) is so much of a bigger challenge and uh, uh, like has so much more power than the other. Wow. So one of the nation's most vocal tech critics is heading the FTC. And then at the same time, also just last week, a group of House lawmakers unveiled this package of bills that also aims to crack down on big tech. What exactly is in this legislation? Yeah, so there's this big package. It's five bills. Um, One of them is very uncontroversial. It's already actually passed the Senate. And that one would just um, change the amount of money that companies have to pay when they are proposing a merger to help 
fund the FTC and DOJ better. Mm -hmm. That one, as I said, is very uncontroversial. It has bipartisan support. It has actually already passed the Senate. But the other four are really uh, breakthrough legislation that would very much take on the tech giants. So for them to apply first, a company has to have a really large market cap. It only applies to companies that have $600 billion in annual sales or a market cap, which is only like nine companies in the world to begin with. Mm. Um, and then from there, they have to have a platform that has 50 million U.S. users or 100,000 U.S. businesses that use it every month. And so from there, that really gets it down to five possible companies, the ones we're generally talking about, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, and possibly Microsoft. Uh-huh. So once these bills are found to apply to them, all of a sudden there are various behaviors that they're not allowed to engage in. For example, they're not allowed to buy companies that are potential competitors. Mm-hmm. There's also like they no longer can discriminate against rivals or sort of preference their own products. So you they would no longer be able to, for example, for Google, put their own products right at the top of search results just because they're Google products. They would have to allow it to happen organically. So if Google has the best Google map or reviews, you know, they could still go at the top, but they have to allow other people to compete fairly. Mm-hmm. They would also have to create new tools that would make it really easy for consumers and businesses to move to other platforms. This is called like interoperability, which is the fancy word for just making it easy to switch. And the biggest one, the one that's the most controversial is our breakup bill, which says that if these other tools that are aimed at increasing competition don't work, the Justice Department or the FTC could sue to sort of break up any of these companies if they have an inherent conflict of interest that can't be resolved. So that could require, for example, maybe Google to sell off YouTube Hmm. or Amazon to stop uh, selling its basics line of stuff, you know, all of the batteries and Mm -hmm. cheap shirts and stuff like that that Amazon sells on on its website. Yeah, wow. So this could like really change a lot if if Google's dropping YouTube or Amazon can't do that. And you said these are are bills from both Democrats and Republicans. Like, could these actually stand a chance of being passed? Um, So these bills are bipartisan. They have some support from uh, Democrats and Republicans in the House. But um, there are certainly a number of Republicans who don't like it. Um, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, has said he is opposed to these bills. So has Jim Jordan, who is the head of the House Judiciary uh, for Republicans. So there is a markup this Wednesday on the bills, and we're expecting a lot of fireworks. (laughs) Mm. I guess regardless of what ultimately happens with this legislation, I don't know, to me watching from the outside, the fact that we do have these bills that could split up parts of these huge tech companies, the fact that we have such a staunch tech critic heading up the FTC now, this feels like a huge moment. It is. It's uh, David Cicilline was comparing. He said, this is our monopoly moment and we are now responding. Um, so, you know, this is this is really like the World Series of Antitrust or something <laughs> going on right now. <laughs> well, I uh, I wish you the best of luck in covering it all. And really, Leah Nylon, thank you so much for talking with me about it. Thank you. 
Also today, Senator Bernie Sanders says he will not support a bipartisan infrastructure bill if it includes measures like raising the gas tax or a fee on electric vehicles. 21 senators, including 11 Republicans, have detailed a bipartisan proposal that costs about $973 billion over five years or $1.2 trillion over eight. The plan would have $579 billion in new spending and would repurpose unspent COVID relief funds, impose a surcharge on electric vehicles, and expand the use of state and local funds for coronavirus relief. Speaking to NBC over the weekend, Sanders called the proposal, quote, mostly good, but fired back at measures included, like the fee on electric vehicles demonstrating how Democrats are at risk of losing progressive support in the split Senate as they court Republicans to produce a bipartisan measure. And nearly two-thirds of likely voters in Iowa say it's time for someone other than Chuck Grassley to serve in the U.S. Senate, casting doubt on the prospects of the longest-serving senator in the state's history. In a poll published by the Des Moines Register over the weekend, 64% of those surveyed said it's time for someone else to occupy that seat, compared to 27% who said they'd vote to elect Grassley, who turns 88 in September, to an eighth term in 2022. With the 50-50 Senate likely to be at least somewhat reshaped by the 2022 elections, Iowa's race is one of the most closely watched in the nation. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and also check out some of our other shows like Politico Energy and the Playbook Daily Briefing. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.